Children, I'd like to invite you to the front if there's many of you today. I'm not sure how many there are. Come on, come and sit down the front. Come and join me. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> so we're going to start this morning with a video about the widow and her son. All right, we're going to start with that first. <laughs> Jesus and the widow's son, from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 to 17. The town was rising up slowly in the distance. Walking along the road, leading a large crowd, was Jesus. He was setting a steady pace as he made his way towards the town. The crowd, who included his disciples, had just seen Jesus show his power and his care by healing a servant girl with just a word. As they approached this new town, a town called Nain, they wondered whether Jesus would have another opportunity to show how powerful and caring he was. They wouldn't have to wait long. While Jesus' crowd was still some way off, there was an even bigger crowd coming slowly out of the city gates. As this crowd walked, you could hear the cries and screams of people in mourning. Leading this procession was a widow bent over with sorrow. She had tears streaming from her eyes, and she looked like someone who had lost all hope. Directly behind her were four men, who marched slowly in unison. On their shoulders they carried a coffin, the coffin of this widow's only son. Her whole life seemed ruined and without hope. Slowly and steadily, the procession moved forward along the road that led out of the town. The cries of anguish continued to echo loudly in the air. It wasn't long before the crowd with Jesus saw the funeral procession. Quickly, the crowd coming towards the city moved off to the side of the road. They all had their heads bowed with respect as they saw the widow leading this procession for her dead son. Everyone stood off to the side except for one person. And Jesus stayed standing on the road directly in front of the widow. When he had seen this lady, his heart went out to her, and he felt such care and compassion towards her. He reached out his hand and said in a soft and gentle voice, Don't cry. Don't cry? To say don't cry to a woman who had just lost her only son? How cruel these words could have sounded. But when Jesus spoke these words, he wasn't being cruel. Jesus could say them because Jesus is the one who has all power and he cares for people. The men carrying the coffin stood still with shocked looks on their faces. What were they to do? They watched, growing more and more nervous as Jesus walked up past the widow towards the coffin. Slowly he raised his hand and he touched it. The mourners and the widow gasped in horror. For a stranger to touch a dead man's coffin, it... It was just wrong. Then Jesus spoke in a firm and steady voice. The words echoed around like thunder. Get up, he commanded. Get up? To say get up to a dead person in front of their family and their friends, well, that's just cruel. And it's also stupid. Dead people can't get up, they're dead. 
But when Jesus said these words, they weren't stupid and they weren't cruel. Because Jesus is the one who has all power and Jesus is the one who cares. The men carrying the coffin were horrified. How could this man say such a thing? They were thinking about putting the coffin down to push the man away when they felt the coffin move. And as they slowly lifted their eyes, the widow's son sat up and began talking to them. Gasps and screams and cheers rose from the crowd as they realised that this young man was no longer dead. He was alive! Jesus had shown his power by raising a dead person back to life. The crowds looked on as the coffin bearers quickly put the coffin down. They stood there in astonishment as Jesus reached out and gently took the boy by the hand. Slowly, Jesus helped the boy step over the coffin edge and onto solid ground. He then led the boy towards his mother. She put out her arms carefully, unsure whether all this was happening or whether it was just a wonderful, wonderful dream. As she touched her son with her own two hands, a sudden wave of happiness came over her. This man, Jesus, had cared for her so much that he had given back her son, her only son. Soon the sound of partying filled the air. People were shouting and clapping and jumping up and down. Cheers and praises filled the sky. As people considered what they had just seen, they were overwhelmed with joy. They had seen Jesus show in the most amazing and spectacular way that he cares for people who are hurting. But even more than that, they had seen that Jesus had power like no one else. He could even bring the dead back to life. And so they praised him loudly. I love that one. Anyway, I'm hoping you're going to help me a little bit this morning. I've got a toy with me. Can't quite get the bottom to put on. Anyway, who wants to give this one a go for me? Jenny, do you want to see if it works? Whoop, apart from that bit. <laughs> you want to press anything? It's not working. Why is it not working? Not sure? Ooh, batteries. Yeah, you're a good one. All right, it does need batteries, doesn't it? So I'm going to get some batteries in. Let's see what happens when we put some batteries in. See if it's any different. Hopefully it will be. All right. If I put these in the right way too. All right. Maybe I should have got someone else to do this one for me. All right, now, who wants to give it a go for me? All right. Charlie. Is it going to work? A little bit. It's going to work. What's going to happen? So we're going to change it to a different one. Let's see. Archie, do you want to give it a pull? So we have. It's come alive. All right. The toy is working now, isn't it? Lovely. Thank you. Maybe you can all have a go at that one at the end. All right. So it did come alive. Thank you, Jenny. We need to turn it off now. Oh, there we go. So our toy came alive with the batteries, didn't it? All right? So the batteries, as we just put in the toy, are a bit like the Holy Spirit, who when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Saviour, gives us new life. We come alive just like the toy did. It wasn't quite as bright as I was hoping. I thought it might have had a little bit more light. But in our story today, 
Jesus visited a town called Nain. That's right. Like we saw in the video we just watched, where Jesus raised the widow's son from the dead. The people of Nain may not have realised that Jesus was God in the flesh visiting them, but he knew it was God working in Jesus to raise the widow's son from the dead. Let's take a closer look at the story from the beginning. So prior to coming to Nain, Jesus was in Capernaum on the shore of the Sea of Galilee where he healed a centurion's servant. The next day, Jesus and a large crowd of his disciples and others travelled over 24 kilometres south to Nain. This large crowd heard some amazing truths from Jesus and witnessed his healing. They are excited and easily, eagerly waiting what he might do next. There's an air of exhilaration and excitement and anticipation of the crowd with Jesus walking to name. This crowd was following Jesus, who gives life, provides them with great teaching and hope. Then in our story, there is the other crowd coming to name. But their mood is quite the opposite. They're not joyful. They're not excited. They're weeping and wailing and mourning. They are following a dead man and the only son of a mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd was following behind her. Do you know what a widow is? Yeah, what is a widow? Caitlin? Correct. A widow is a person who has lost her husband. It's important for us to find out because the Bible does tell us to care for widows. The Bible commands us in Acts 6.1 not to overlook them, but to help them and visit them. And in our passage today, we see that Jesus helped a widow, didn't he? A widow is a woman, just like Caitlin said, whose husband has died. In Jesus' day, widows were usually very poor and had no, uh, very poor, especially if they had no grown children to help care for them. The widow of Nain had obviously already lost her husband, but now she'd lost her only son. This means that there were no, no men in her family. What it means was that there was no one who could work and support her family and provide. You see, in the days of Jesus' time, it was the men's job to earn the money, to earn a living for the family. In that culture, there were very few jobs for women. Most likely, the woman had given all her time to raising her son and supporting her husband, looking after him. She'd lost her husband and now her son. She would be forced to beg. Now she had no one to support or care for her. It's not a good situation to be in, is it? She was now completely alone. There was a large crowd of people who were with her. Some might have been her friends, some her neighbours, and some professional mourners who came to cry and mourn. So you have a woman, bereaved, grieving, mourning, destitute and alone, following or following, sorry, followed by a crowd of people following her dead son's coffin. And they meet up with this other crowd, the crowd of people that are joyful and excited and exuberant and laughing, following a man who is very much alive. These two crowds face off at the town gates of Nain, a little awkward 
I'm sure we've all been in a situation where we are very happy ourselves and the person we meet is quite the opposite. It takes a little bit of time for us to register and come down to be able to respond and connect to that person. I imagine it would have been the same for the crowd with Jesus. It took a bit of time for them to express their sorrow in a slightly detached way. We are told that Jesus saw the widow. His heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Don't cry? Jesus said, don't cry. These words are shocking. Anyone who has had some pastoral care education or understanding or training would never say, don't cry. She's a widow. She's just lost her only son. She's now destitute. These words could be considered unkind, insensitive, or perhaps heartless. But is Jesus unkind or heartless? No, he's not. We are told that he had compassion on her, and that is why he told her not to cry. Compassion is your pain in my heart. Jesus had compassion on the woman, and he feels, knows, and understands her pain. She must have sensed this in his words. She must have heard something in his voice. She didn't think he was insensitive. The widow must have felt she could trust Jesus. Jesus gives the widow the one thing that could comfort her. And in Luke 7, 14, then he went up and touched the bear that they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. Jesus kept on surprising the crowds. Not only had he requested the widow to stop crying, he now touched the dead body. In Jewish culture, the teachers and leaders would never touch a dead body or a coffin or the hand of someone carrying a coffin because it would make them unclean. Jesus has never concerned himself with protocol or custom. And his only concern right then was that with the mother who had lost her only son. He wanted her grief to end. Jesus commanded the young man to get up, and the dead man sat up and started to talk. Jesus has authority over death. He commands life to come to life, and life comes to life. When he commands death to leave, death leaves. It's important to note that unlike the other two people that Jesus raises from the dead, Jairus's daughter and Lazarus, on both of those occasions, Jesus was asked to help and heal. But on this occasion, the widow had not asked, she had not begged for anything. Jesus just had compassion on the widow and acted by giving the young man back to her. This was love in action. Her tragic grief is now turned to joy. This is true comfort. This is a demonstration to us of Christ-like compassion. Jesus saw this woman, a a widow who was powerless and without an advocate and destitute, who would have been considered insignificant, worthless, and because of that, invisible in her community. Luke's Gospel offers us many stories, including the story of Lazarus and the Good Samaritan, where those who often are invisible by being on the fringes of society are made to be seen and therefore, as disciples as Christ, meaning all of us, we are meant to help those that are often unseen 
and on the fringes. We can be comforted in the same way that the widow was, in the knowledge that Jesus knows what we are facing, whether it be in tragedy, a time of trial or testing, even when no one else knows. The Holy Spirit comforts us in our grief and our sorrow and during these times. Jesus turned the widow's sorrow into joy. He did it for her out of love and compassion. And Jesus does the same for us without being asked. He works behind the scenes for us, and we are reminded of that in John 14. Through the Comforter, through the Holy Spirit, in our times of sorrow and despair, he will never leave us alone. And as he leaves us with another advocate to help us, and they will be with us forever. When Jesus raised the young man and he began to talk, the crowd that was with him, as we read in Luke seven sixteen, they were filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. Some versions of this passage say fear instead of awe. Awe means to have respect or admiration, which is essentially what fear would be in this context, to give honour and respect to God. The crowd of people recognised the power and the might of God. He is awesome and powerful and loving. They'd recognised Jesus as God come in the flesh. It is comforting to know that Jesus is God. Jesus defeated death by dying on the cross for our sin and rising to new life. So he demonstrated his power and authority over death when he brought the young man back from the back to life. He also conquered death by rising from the dead himself. Jesus said in John 11:25 to 26, "I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die." And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Jesus had compassion on the widow and raised her son from the dead. This was Jesus showing us love in action. It's exciting to know that Jesus has power over death and he is the one who we put our trust in. We can have eternal life because he rose from the dead and he forever conquered death. Like the widow... We too are helpless and hopeless on our own. However, Jesus comes to give us life. We are comforted by the knowledge that when we believe in Jesus, his Holy Spirit comes into us like the batteries into the toy, gives life to the toy. The Holy Spirit gives us eternal life so that we can live forever with God. We're going to conclude today with a creative prayer. You've got all those uh, bits at the end there. So the people on the ends of the row, you're in charge of this today. If you could pick up those uh, plastic sleeves out the front, we've got some for you here. All right. We're going to bring all our worries to Jesus today. So Declan, you maybe, do you want to come and get some of these? Come and choose a colour. There you go. Choose a colour. All right. There's pens. All right. Pens and pens, depending on what you prefer. All right, so the idea today is to bring our worries to Jesus. 
I'd like you to write something down or draw. So there's an option. You can draw if you wish to. Okay, on the strip of paper. We might do this in rows because what we're going to do is make a paper chain. I think that's up on there. We're going to make a paper chain just like that. We might have to join a few rows together. There's sticky tape in your little bags. I've got some staples out here. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to write your worries to Jesus. When we're done, have you got something you're worried about at the moment? I want you to write that down so we can give it to Jesus today. Your words will be on this side. You can put them on the inside so that they remain private, so no one else needs to see them. But we're going to join them. Hang on, we're going to join it to the next person. So there's a bit of tape in yours, and we're going to make a paper chain. So if there's only a few of you in a row, maybe you can join with the rows behind you, and we're going to hold this paper chain together. Hold on to this for me. Would you like to help? Hold on to the chain. Thank you. Okay, find a piece of chain. Don't read any of them. All right. Wonderful. Okay, holding on. All right, let us pray. We got all our worries for Jesus. Now we're going to pray. Are you ready? Dear Lord Jesus. You are the only one who, put our, who we put our trust in. You conquered death and suffered for our sins. We thank you that you promise that anyone who would ask you in their lives, that you will give them eternal life. Through you, Jesus, we have hope for life after death. We give you thanks for always being available to us when we need you. We give you thanks for the gift of the Holy Spirit, who comforts us in our grief and sorrow and during difficult times. Just like the widow, we are comforted by the knowledge that you know and understand our pain, trials and testings, and that you have given us a great example of seeing those who are invisible and on the fringes of society. You have provided us a practical example of demonstrating compassion and acting to help. Help us to be unselfish as we look out for the interests of others. Thank you that you can always tell that we can always tell you our worries. Today we bring you our cares, uncertainties and concerns. Help us to become strong in you that we can stand without wavering no matter what happens. Help us to remember that even in hard times you will help us persevere. Keep us from becoming discouraged in times of waiting. We know your timing is perfect and the way you do things is right. Pour your love into us so that it will overflow to others and glorifies you in the process. Enable us to live like the new creation you have made us to be. And thank you, Jesus, that we are joint heirs with you of all our Father's God's blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, would you like to bring that up today? We might just put it underneath our communion table.